Everything this week has led me to preach what I'm preaching on. Every scripture that I have read, even in my morning Bible reading, in my time that I tried just to read my Bible and not study for a message, that's hard to do when you're a pastor. It's hard just to read your Bible and not all the time try to look for a message, but I try to do that. And uh, in my daily Bible reading, it led me to this message. In my listening, uh, as I listened to different things through the week, it led me to this message. I try to always read a good book. I tried just to read a book, and my book reading has led me to this message. And uh, I was sleeping so good this morning, so good, and it felt like an earthquake went off in my soul. And it had to be the Lord. Woke me up two hours before my alarm clock went off. And uh, I hate to cancel service, but we're not having service tonight. And I can go ahead and tell you, when I get home, I am snoozing. Amen. But the Lord woke me up early, two hours before my clock went off. Dealt with me to go to my prayer closet and dealt with me to get in the Word of God. And I'm telling you, man, I have such a burden such a burden in a good way to preach this message. But I was telling Pastor Zach, I said, man, it's been a battle. There has been a real battle taking place in my mind and, uh, and everything that's been going on around me this morning. It's been a battle, man. And, uh, and I know why. I know why. But God's good, amen? amen. Let's stand together. We're going to look at some scriptures. I want to share just a thought or two with us this morning as the Lord has so burdened my heart over it and uh, pray it'll be an encouragement. And this message is meant to be an encouragement and to open our eyes because how many of you know the Bible teaches us in the book of John, when you know the truth, the truth will what? The truth will set you free. And my prayer this morning is, is we hear truth. John, I mean, Matthew chapter 24, verse uh, number uh, 36. Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Sunday school hour. Thank you for the choir and the special. Thank you for each one that is here, but most of all, Holy Spirit, we need you. And I pray, God, that you'd speak to us through your word. Fill me with the Spirit. Help us to see truth. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' 
name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. It's amazing to me how the Lord began to deal with me about this message. When I'm reading in my Bible, I try to find a book to try to read through, to start at the first chapter and read the last chapter of a book. And my Bible reading right now is in the book of Exodus. And every time I read through the book of Exodus, it always bothers me, but at the same time, it always convicts me. Because I see this nation of Israel who was in bondage. And I see that God sends a man by the name of Moses to deliver them. And even in Monday Night Recovery, Grace and you spoke on that very subject. And it always bothers me how God blessed those folks. He led them out. He brought them out of bondage. He parted the Red Sea. They walked across on dry ground. Pharaoh and his army begins to pursue them. The sea swallows them up and they get victory. And right after that, Moses begins to sing a song. They're praising the God of heaven and everything is going the best that you could ever imagine. And then the people. You get to Exodus chapter 16 and verse number 3. It teaches us the people start mumbling. They start complaining. They start even saying, we would have been better off if we would have been back down there in Egypt. Down there in bondage, we would have been so much better off. Did you lead us out here in the middle of this desert and this wilderness for us to die? In other words, you're saying, Moses, what are you doing? And God, what are you doing? And when I read those verses, it always bothers me. But every time I read it, it's like the Lord deals with me. You know who that is, Keith? I said, yeah, it's the nation of Israel. He says, no, that's you. That's you. Because I bless you and I bless you and I bless you and I bless you. And one little thing don't go your way. And you know what you start doing? <laughs> you start grumbling. You start complaining. You, you start saying, God, where are you now? He said, son, I blessed you and I blessed you and I blessed you. Can anyone else relate to that? Say amen. 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 Now, I've been thinking all week about all the blessings of life. I've been thinking all week about how God has taken care of us. I thought about how when I was lost, the Lord took care of me, even to get me to the place where I could get under conviction and get saved. Amen. I think about how good the Lord's been to me when he dealt with me and saved me. I think about how good the Lord's been to me when he sent my wife my way and blessed us with three children. And now we've got four grandbabies and our baby girls getting ready to get married in September. And, and I look back on life and I think, man, God, you've been good to me. You blessed me in so many ways. Amen. Sent me to this church some 21 years ago and has always been on this hill way before I ever come, and his spirit's been real in this church. It's almost like we've been in a spirit of revival for years, and God just moves and works and saves souls, and, and we got more folks that need to be baptized. Amen. Got more folks that need to be baptized and God's just working and God's moving. And if we're not careful, we'll get so caught up in little bitty things that happens in life. And all we'll do is mumble and grumble and complain when all we need to say is, God, you've been good to me. Amen. You've been good to me. But why has the Lord been good to me? 
And I began to think on those thoughts. Lord, why have you blessed us the way you've blessed us? Why have you blessed this church the way you've blessed this church? But it goes even further than that. Why has the Lord blessed this nation that we live in the way that he's blessed it? Why has the Lord blessed us? You say, oh, this is not a blessed nation. Then I'll tell you what I'd do if I was you. I'd go home, get me a suitcase, pack that thing up, and I'd get me a ticket, and I'd get on out of here. And I'm going to tell you, wherever you land in that airplane or wherever you wind up, you will find out that you live in one of the most blessed countries in the world. Amen? We are still one of the most blessed nations on the planet. Why has the Lord blessed us? The Washington Monument stands 555 foot tall. And on the very top of that monument, there's an aluminum capstone with these words, Los Deo. What in the world does that mean? It's Latin for praise be to God. Praise be to God. When I look at this church and the way that God has blessed this church, the banner that should be over this building should be praise be to God. When I look at my family and I see how God has blessed my family, the banner over my family should read praise be to God. When I look at my life and I see how the Lord has blessed my life, I ought to make a big old banner and I ought to be able to hold it up this morning and be able to say with a loudest voice as I can, praise be to God. Amen. The Lord's blessed me. The Lord's blessed my family. The Lord's blessed this church. And the Lord's blessed this nation. The banner should be praise be to God. I've done a lot of reading this week, and I love reading after David Jeremiah, and I found some quotes and listen to some of these. President Ronald Reagan said, I've always believed that this anointed land was set apart in an uncommon way. The divine plan placed this great continent here between the oceans to be found by people from every corner of the earth who had a love for faith and a love for freedom. When I read that, I thought, praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Why has the Lord blessed America so much? Why? That's the question. Why has the Lord blessed this church so much? Why? Why has the Lord blessed family so much? Why? Why has the Lord blessed you and I so much? Why? Why? I begin to think about this church, and I begin to think on these thoughts. Lord, why have you blessed this church the way that you blessed it? I wrote this down. Could it be? That's what I wrote down. Could it be? And I put a big old question mark. Could it be the reason that the Lord has blessed this church the way that he has is because this church for years and years and years have not only focused about what's going on inside the walls, but they're also focused on what's going on outside of the walls. Could it be that the reason that the Lord has blessed this church so much is because from the very beginning this church has had a mind of missions? Think about that now. Could that possibly be a reason 
why the Lord has blessed this church the way that he has. As I was sitting out in Haywood County, I went to a men's prayer breakfast the other day with Jackson Bell, and we were sitting there, and we were sitting with a group of men who I did not know and I barely know now. And I asked that group of men, I said, I'm just curious. I said, I pastor over there in Weaverville, and you guys are over here in Haywood County, and it looks like God's really blessed your church, and it looks like God's really moving over here. I said, I just want to ask you, what do you think's the reason that God has blessed your church? The chairman of deacons looked at me without hesitation. This is what he said. He said, at one time we had a pastor, and all that pastor was ever focused on was these couple little things. But then he said, God sent us a new pastor. And he said, all that pastor was focused on was helping people in the church, helping people in the community, and making sure that we've done as much work outside the walls as we've done inside the walls. And he said, it's an amazing thing how God began to bless this church. And he said, the more we would do to help people, and the more that we would do to spread the gospel, and the more that we would do to make sure that people had Bibles, and the more that we would do to feed the hungry, and the more that we would do to hand out baby food and diapers, to mamas who couldn't afford baby food and diapers. And the more that we would do to be a help to the community, it just seemed like God began to pour his blessings out on this place. And I sit there at that prayer breakfast, and all I could say was, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Amen? Amen. Could it be, could it possibly be that the reason why that God has blessed this church is because this church is interested in sending food to a little old widow lady who can't, hallelujah. Could it be that this church is interested in sending food to a little old widow lady who can't get out, who's on a walker, who has oxygen in their nose and can't even get out and buy their own groceries? Could it be that God is blessing this place because we have almost 40 people on the mission field right now, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, telling another people all aside, on the other side of the, of the country, telling them Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Could it be that this church got its mind off of this property lines and got their mind on other property lines? Could it be that God blesses when the gospel goes out? Could it possibly be that Matthew 28 says, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Could it be that God blesses missions? Could it be? Could it be? (laughs) Oh man, my back just got so stiff right there. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be after World War II? Let me tell you a little bit of something about our nation that we live in, our country. See, because you don't get to hear stuff like this anymore. Because we're living in a country now where nobody don't remember the good things of God. You know what we need to be remembered of? You know what we need to remind, you know what we need to remind ourselves of this morning? We live in the greatest nation that's ever been. And why has God blessed this nation? Could it be this? Could it be? Listen close. Could it be that after World War II, America, America started 1,800 mission agencies? Could it be that after World War II that America sent out 
350,000 missionaries? Could it be? Could it be that God has looked at this nation? God has looked at the country that you and I live in. God has looked at this place and said this. There are more churches in America that are sending out missionaries than all over the rest of the planet. Could it just be that God blesses a nation who blesses him? Could it just possibly be that God blesses a nation that is concerned about the souls of men and women and boys and girls? Could it be that's the reason down through the years that God's blessings has been on this place? I'm not talking about where we are now. I'm talking about what our country used to be. Could it be? Could that possibly be the reason that God has poured his blessings out on this place? Does anyone disagree with that? Does anyone think that's just crazy preaching? Could it be? Could it be? Could it also be, this is another question, could it be? That the reason that the Lord has blessed our nation the way that he has, could it be because America supports Israel? Could, I mean, is that a possibility? Could it be? You say, oh, man, I just don't know about all that, preacher Keith. I just don't know. I just don't know about supporting these other areas. I just don't know about supporting all these other countries. I don't know about supporting all these other countries, but I do know this. We better stand with the nation of Israel as a country. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. When you start hearing on the TV and the radio that America's turning their back on Israel, you might as well pack your bags because we're fixing to leave out of here. Amen. Could it be, could it possibly be that the reason that the blessings of God has been on this place so strong is because we stand with God's people? Could it be? President Truman said this, to recognize Israel as a modern state didn't come from the heart of man, it came from the heart of the Bible. Wow. God gave the land to Israel, to the Jews. And the U.S. was the first country to recognize them as a state in 1948. In 1985, it was the FTA. That's the free trade agreement. The U.S. became Israel's largest trade partner. Could it be that the reason that God has blessed this nation that we live in so strongly is because we stand with God's people? Could it be? That's a question. Could it be? Israel was the largest in foreign aid until 2022 of 150 billion. As of 2023, from 1946 to 2023, the United States has given 260 billion dollars to Israel. You say, "Oh man, we shouldn't be doing that." Who, who should we be helping? Could it be? Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Amen. The Lord says, you bless my people, you'll receive a blessing. You curse my people, you will receive a curse. But he said, if you'll bless my people, he said, all families of the earth shall be blessed. That's not my words, that's the word of God. Could it be? 
Could it be? So how important is it, church? How important is it that you and I have a heart for helping people? How important is it that this church has a heart for reaching outside of our property lines and helping people who we don't even know their names? How important is that? How important is it that we help the white man, the black man, the red man, and the brown man? Oh, no, 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 preacher. Oh, no, no, preacher. Oh, what do you mean, no, no? What do you want to do? You want to bow up on the Word of God? I'm just preaching, amen? You want to bow up on the Word of God? You want to bow up on the people of God? And you want to bow up on the things of God? I'll tell you what will happen when you start bowing up on God's Word. What is that? That's the spigot of blessings getting cut off. I don't know about you, but I'm a blessing hog. Amen. I want all the blessings that the Lord can give. I want all the blessings on this church. Listen, I need all the blessings on my family, and I'll receive all the blessings he wants to give to me. And I'm telling you, we live in a nation who needs the blessings of God worse now than ever. Worse now than ever. No wonder the devil's fought me so hard over this message. God's good, amen? Amen. As in the days of Noah were, they was just eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. They was just going through life, man. And didn't know, didn't even have a clue until the floods came. Until the floods came. Could it be the blessings on this church? And could it be the blessings on our nation it's because it's been founded on God's Word. It's been founded on God's Word. Now, don't die on me right there. It's been founded on God's Word. I can remember hearing stories. I wasn't here. I wasn't even born. Before this building was here and before that building was there, there's another building on the other side of it. And I've heard stories of the men. Happy Father's Day, by the way, men. I've heard stories of the men of that other church that's not even there anymore. They said on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesdays, they said there's a bank that went off down into these woods and they said that bank was war slick where every single service the men of Pleasant Hill Missionary Baptist Church, before this building was even here, before that building was even there, the men in every service would find themselves down in them woods on their faces calling out to a thrice holy God, begging God to do a work on this property, begging God to save souls, begging God to move and services. You know what? You and I might still be enjoying the blessings of the foundation that was laid years ago and it started in them woods right over there. Man, God's been good. Amen. God's been good. We can't forget about what's happened. We can't forget about the reason that God's blessing. And if you and I can see the reason why God's blessing Please, let's don't stop doing what God blesses. Are you with me? Could it be? Psalm 33, 12. Blessed is the nation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. George Washington. 
George Washington. It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. It continued on the Lincoln. It is my constant anxiety and prayer that both myself and this nation should be on the Lord's side. He said, it is my constant prayer that myself and this nation be on the Lord's side. Listen, we don't want to be on the other side. Benjamin Franklin, during the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin called for prayer. And listen to what he said. He said, I beg that prayer be given. He said, we need assistance from heaven. Benjamin Franklin said, we need to have the clergy of the city to be able to come and meet with us every morning and to pray. He said, because if the preachers in this community don't meet with us and pray, he said, everything that we build will be like the Tower of Babel in the Bible. He said, it will surely crumble and surely fall. I don't know if you know this or not, but this nation was founded on the Word of God. I don't know if you know this or not, but this nation stood on the Word of God. Are you with me? God's blessed this nation. And I don't know if you know this or not, but this church, way before this man ever got here, has always stood on the Word of God. And we can't back up now. Amen? You ready? Listen close. If you know it, say it with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, say it slow. One nation what? One nation what? Finish it. You can't forget that, child of God. Amen. You cannot forget one nation under God. One nation under God. This world will try to take that out if we let them. That's right. This world will try its best to take that out if we let them. That's right. But it does not change. Amen. It does not change, honey. This nation was built on the principles of the Word of God. Amen. On the Word of God. Well, everything I've studied, everything I've read, everything I've looked at has led me to this message this week. Calvin Coolidge, our security, our government, Rest on the things of God's Word. When we turn from this, we can no longer expect the blessings of our nation to continue. It's amazing to me. Proverbs 14, 34, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So here's the question. Please listen now. Here's the question. So where are we at now?
Where are we at now? Where are we at as individuals? Where are we at as families? Where are we at as churches? Where are we at as a nation? Where are we at? Where are we at, church? I was reading, like I said, I've been reading a lot this week. This was written in 1947 by a man named Dr. Carl Zimmerman. This is what he wrote. The average lifespan of the world's greatest civilizations has been around 200 years. And when I begin to study about the nation of Israel and what happened to them in the book of Exodus, how God brought them out, how God blessed them, how God strengthened them, how God set them free, but then how they grew used to the blessings, and then they started complaining. And you know what it led them right back to? Bondage again. Listen to this. Mr. Zimmerman says, bondage to spiritual faith. Spiritual faith to courage. Courage to liberty. Liberty to abundance. Abundance to complacency. Complacency to apathy. Apathy to dependence. And then right back to bondage. When I read these verses in the book of Matthew, chapter number 24, I wonder if sometimes that's not the way that I live. You know, just going through life, man. Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Life's just cruising along, not really concerned about anything. There's some of you sitting here this morning hearing this message. You're not really concerned about anything. You're probably wishing I wasn't even preaching something like this because you don't want anything to get into your mind to make you feel a little, uh. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't start feeling a little, uh, it ain't going to be long till the floods come, amen? And then we're going to say, uh-oh, what just happened? I'm going to tell you what's happening. Judgment's coming on this earth. And we better realize where the blessings of God comes from. And we need to make sure as individuals, as families, as churches, and as a nation, we don't cut the spigot of blessings off with God. Are you hearing me? If my people, which are called by my name, shall what? Humble themselves and pray and and turn from there. Then I will. And I'll hear your prayers. I've got three children. And at one time during their lives, I would say, this is what time you're going to bed. I don't want to. You're going. This is what time you're getting up. I don't want to. You're getting up. This is what you're having for supper. I don't like that. You're eating it? Or, <laughs> he said, go to bed hungry. There was a time in my children's life that I pretty much controlled everything in their lives, but not anymore. They're grown. They get up when they want to get up. They go to bed when they want to go to bed. They eat what they want to eat. 
They do exactly what they want to do. In other words, Miss Watkins, job well done. Amen? It's on them. And I'm going to tell you what else I've learned. I live with that beautiful woman sitting right back here, right here. And I can't tell her when to get up. And I don't tell her when to go to bed. To be honest with you, she'll say, good night. <laughs> I'll say, you going to bed? Yes. I'm like, all right. I don't tell her what to eat. I don't tell her how to eat. You know why? Because she does her own thing. We're married, but she's an adult. That's right. Amen. I'm preaching this message to a group of believers prayerfully. And you're going to do exactly what you want to do. I can't change you. I can't. The Word of God can. And I can't make you do anything. I can't. And I'm finding out that God ain't going to make you do anything. You might get a little sore if you don't do it. But He ain't going to make you do it. <laughs> so here's the question. Here's the question. If you know the truth, the truth will. What are we going to do with the truth? I can't make you do anything with it. But what are you going to do with it? Where are we at today, church? Where's our nation at today? Listen to what I read. You can disagree with this if you want to, but this is what I read. The symptoms of final decay... The symptoms of final decay studied in Greek and Roman civilization. Here is the symptoms of final decay in Greek and Roman civilizations. Here's a list. Listen close. Disrespect, acceptance of alternative marriages, feminism, narcissism, that's speaking of oneself and so concerned about our physical appearance. Hedonism, that's pursuit of pleasure with no commitment. Anti-family, acceptance of all sexual sins and adultery, and all sexual perversions. You ready? Disrespect, alternative marriage, feminism, narcissism, it's all about you. Hedonism, pursuit of pleasure with no commitment, anti-family, and all forms of sexual perversion. These are the symptoms of final decays of a nation. The final decays of a nation are these symptoms. So here's the question. You ever had symptoms? <coughs> feel a little warm, got a little cough. Well, what you got to do is you got to go to the doctor and get you a good checkup and, and, and determining what your symptoms are, the doctor can tell you pretty much what's wrong with you. Oh, yeah. If we look at the symptoms of our nation, is this true or false? Our nation is deadly sick. Amen. Amen. Our nation is deadly sick. Every symptom of decay, our nation is screaming it out like it's okay. Yeah. 
And it's not okay. It's not okay, church. All I know is this. It's all I know. I do not want to get to a place in my life as a Christian and fall under that category of apathy. I didn't really know what apathy meant when I read it in that book. I'm going to give you the definition that I found, and we'll close. Apathy. It's no interest. It means that you really just don't care. You know what else it means? It means a careless attitude. It's where our country's at. I don't care. This is where your marriage is at. I don't care. This is where life is at. I don't care. This is where the church is headed. I don't care. This is what's going on in your life. I don't care. Let me tell you something, church. Let me tell you something. I don't believe God gave this message for all of us to leave out of here beat up and beat down with our faces dragging the carpet. But I do believe this, preacher. I believe God sent this message to stir something up in your soul and my soul that says this. You better get to caring. You better get to caring because this thing is winding up. This thing is going downhill, Brother Grayson. It's bigger than a snowball getting steam. This thing is headed downhill so fast, church. Man, we better care. Someone better care because Jesus is soon coming. Amen. He's soon coming, church. And if you don't see the symptoms, then you're looking in all the wrong places. Amen. So here's what I'm interested in. It's more than me being interested in it. I believe the Holy Spirit's interested in it. I believe that's why God sent us this message today. You would not believe, Pastor Zach. I've, I've shared with you all morning. Man, this thing has been a battle on me. It would have been a lot easier for me today just to preach on anything else but this. And you say, well, well, I wonder why the battle was so hard for you to preach this message. It really wasn't a hard message to preach. I'm going to tell you why I believe the battle's so real. Because the devil wants to keep God's children in the dark. And we need the truth. So listen, come pray for yourself, for you. Come pray for your family. Come pray for our church. And how long has it been since you prayed for our nation? Let's come pray.